This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, Russ from My Hammers 11. Hope you're all safe and well. Almost the new year. Almost 2020 is out the window, hopefully soon. Um, if you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing, hitting the bell icon so you made of any time we put new content on. As always, we'd like to thank our channel sponsors, Untuck It. Today's guest, uh, you see him on the West Ham Way, obviously, hopefully won't be as long as Dennis, um, but it's Charles Johnson. Hi Charles, how are you, man? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. I'm good. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try and keep it uh, keep it below an hour. Hopefully, <laughs> well, an hour is like the it's like the new norm now for us. It used to be like thirty minutes, thirty forty minutes, and it it's gradually increased. I think as people have got more and more used to the format, and so yeah, now it's like an hour. So it was pretty much standard now. But uh, how are you? Good Christmas, I hope. Yeah, no, decent. It's just uh, obviously been with the family for an extended period of time now. So, um, yeah, Christmas with them was sort of been, sort of, uh, been like I've spent the whole year with them, really. But, uh, but yeah, no, it was really that, nice. You that know. was really good, Charles, to be honest. That was, that <laughs> exactly. Really, to be perfectly honest. Exactly. But, um, but yeah, I've still got, I've, I've got younger brothers. So, obviously, it's love. It's lovely for them to kind of, you know, get presents in the morning. And, yeah. uh, and you know, yeah, it was, it was really nice. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm just uh, I'm looking forward, hopefully, to a to a, a much better 2021 for sure. Yeah, but West Ham are keepers of news, though, so that's okay. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing is that no matter, how, I mean, this year's been pretty terrible by all standards, but from a West Ham standpoint, at least for this season, it's been a, it's been all right. So yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I thought it's funny when um, I think it was yesterday with Moisey when he's been interviewing with Kelly and he said, uh, you know, it, it's been a, it was a year to the day that he or whatever it was that he took over. How has your year been? I was thinking, well, to be honest, he's been self-isolating and he's been we've had coronavirus for almost that whole year. Um, not not putting two and two together, David, but you know, what I mean, it's like it's not really the best anniversary to have, to be fair. But you know, to, to be honest, when someone you know someone put up the other day. Um, you know, Moisey and Pellegrini and sort of the same period of time they, they were both in charge and this sort of win ratio and points ratio and obviously Pellegrini was slightly higher. But 
to be honest, I'm I'm much more happy with David Moyes in charge than I'm with Pellegrini in charge because he hasn't spent two hundred million pounds on players, has he? Really? So, um, yeah, I mean Moyes, Moyes. I mean, you know, he's not a perfect manager. I think we all know that. Uh, there's certainly things that he can improve on, especially in game management. We always go go on about it on the yeah. West Ham way, but um, but yeah, I mean, he he's he's what he has brought is stability. Um, I think throughout that whole team. Um, and it's nice to see that I think the players like playing for their manager, whereas with Pellegrini, you could never really tell what was going on behind the scenes, you know, whether mm. people respected him or whether people were fed up with him. I think Moyes is, um, you know, he's kind of got together a really good backroom staff as well, a lot yeah. of experience uh, behind the scenes. And, uh, and yeah, I, I mean, you know, the one thing, I mean, to be mid, mid-table um, at Christmas and have a bit of stability for once and, you know, in the way we're playing football is just a nice bit of relief. And I think it's the first kind of first time that we felt re- relatively kind of safe in the Premier League season since the London Stadium move. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, like I said, David Moyes is not a perfect manager, but I think he is growing on West Ham fans. Um, and I think, you know, at the end of the season, if he keeps us around the position that we're in then he definitely deserves a new contract for sure yeah yeah definitely i i think you're you're totally bang on what you said about the having the the backroom staff and stuff i mean he's 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 been quite shrewd i think in terms of who he's brought in uh and they seem to complement what he wants to achieve and as you said we've got a team now which you know most you know where before i mean i mean we spoke about before we started like the brighton game for example and even that Brighton game, we were still fighting. Do you know what I mean? And and usually in previous regimes, so to speak, um, that Brighton game we would have lost two three nil. No worries, no worries, because we just. I mean, ab- absolutely, we've got we've got this drive now. Even when we're losing games, I, I don't expect us to kind of capitulate. You know, I expect us to at least give it a go. I mean, the greatest example of that was the Tottenham game. You know, who yeah. could have seen three nil down last ten minutes? We come back. I mean, it's, it it shows that. You know the character is kind of growing amongst the team, and uh, and everyone wants to play for each other. And um, you know, I just feel like Pe- with Pellegrini, you know, I think as a manager, um, his body of work is obviously impressive, but I just don't think he has kind of the drive that Moyes has to succeed. I mean, Moyes coming to us, you know, basically was just in a complete rut in his career manage- uh, as a manager. Um, and, you know, to give him that opportunity, I think he was so grateful for it that, you know, he said, right, I can't let this slip. I've got mm. my chance back in the Premier League. I've got to show what I can do. And, um, you know, to his credit, I think he's definitely kind of, uh, you know, brought himself back into contention as a, as you know, a certified Premier League manager. So, yeah. so yeah, I mean, I, you know, I mean, you'll always hear me complaining about you know team selections and things that he does wrong every week, but... Uh, for the most part, I am happy with the progress that he's made with the team. Um, mm. I just hope that you know it's a it's an exponential improvement or it's a it's a gradual, continuous improvement as opposed to kind of yeah. you know sitting in tenth place every year. So, but you know, I'm I'm happy to sit in tenth place this season for sure after last year. Exactly, that's what I'll take. I mean, I'll take a couple of those those sort of Allardyce, Alan Kerbishley years just to have a bit of solidity um, with West Ham. You said it's oh, so. God. You know, Big Sam having an interesting week as well, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, it's, <laughs> you know, good old Big Sam. But it's funny because Jack, Jack, mate, he he predicted a five nil on a on what's name's uh video the other day. It was quite funny, and he, he made he made sure that everyone knew about it. Bless him. Um, but no, I think uh, what I game? Just, Which game? The Leeds game. 
Yeah, yeah, he called it. Yeah, he called it. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. Twitter, yeah, he did it. <laughs> it's funny. He went, oh, what? Because <laughs> he's usually so shit, blessing Jack and these things. But he actually called it and he couldn't believe it got recorded on, on, a, on a video. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's had an interesting week, isn't he, old Sam? But I mean, yeah. I mean, with Sam, we've, you know, Sam had a plan, so to speak, and he got us up and. It wasn't exciting. It wasn't pretty, but it was effective. And and Moisey is is has got a similar sort of feel about it in my my respect. You know, in terms of how I think about it, because he's it's he's bringing in. You can see the types of players he wants to bring in. You can see how they're they're working for the team. You know, he's getting a tune out of people like Masuaku and Antonio and Cresswell. The same way he got a tune out of Anatovic as well. Um, and as you said, they all seem to like him. You know, like when Dex scored that thunderbolt last season, the first person he ran over to hug was Davy Moyes. Um, so I just think he's a he's a really, really. Um, I think he's he's what we need. He's what we need. Yeah, completely. I mean, you know, but that Declan Rice celebration as well kind of summed it up for me in terms of you know how he's cultivated such a, a positive uh, dressing room atmosphere. And you know, we we as fans obviously know that everything at the club is certainly not. Uh, perfect at the moment but at least on the pitch I think Moyes is focusing on pitch on the uh, sort of what's going on on the pitch and uh, and to that extent he's done very well but um, yeah. it's funny how you kind of compare him to Big Sam because like I've always been quite a you know quite a big admirer of Big Sam I mean you know yeah. he's not necessarily the most exciting manager in the world <laughs> but um but you know he's he's always he's I mean you've got to give him credit he always goes into these clubs I mean he did it with us got us promoted um, but he goes into these clubs and just you know keeps them on solid footing and it's quite surprising sort of talking to people that it doesn't seem like he gets the sort of respect that I expect I expect he would have considering he kind of got us promoted and got us into the Premier League and kept our status so it's interesting I mean I think West Brom getting on a bit of a tangent here I don't want to talk too much about West Brom but I think it's <laughs> It's a, it's definitely a sign that you know they're looking for someone to kind of steady the ships, especially with sort of a quite a turbulent start to the season. And uh, yeah. I think he'll do well at West Brom. To be fair, I think he will. I think it's a, it's a, it's an ideal club for him, to be honest. Um, in terms of him getting back into the game, so to speak. Um, I my only, I think he, he it was about probably about three or four weeks too late to be honest, yeah. um, which, you know, be interesting because obviously he's got this sort of, you know, this sort of like uh, accolade that he's never been relegated. So part of me thinks he's probably going to, if he is going to get relegated, he's going to sort of, you know, leave the last week so still have that <laughs> accolade. He's never been relegated as a manager. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's a good manager. I mean, I just think he's, I, I agree. I don't think he, he ever got the, I think when, it's hindsight, isn't it? When you look back um during the when, when you're in the sort of the, the Allardyce era so to speak it's always like oh it's boring football blah, blah, blah. and then you look at somewhere like Pellegrini where they wanted to play attractive football and it didn't really suit West Ham's Arsenal personnel um and you're thinking actually I wouldn't want to have having Allardyce back you know just to have some solidity <laughs> you know it's, it's like it's always like what you you know you can't always get what you want but you, you know it's and so I just think he I totally agree I just think he has the What's the word? Sort of the, the accolades that he, he should. He's almost seen as, oh, Big Sam's coming back, you know, oh, Big Sam, oh, Big Sam. But as mm. you said, he's, he's done a job wherever he's gone, you know, and and um, maybe not to the extent that people want him to. Because I think, you know, people think, oh, yeah, you know, a glamorous manager's going to come in through the front door, you know. You know, he could have been Arsenal, you know. <laughs> They could have gone to Arsenal. Imagine that. Honestly, that would have been unbelievable. But um, it's funny because I saw the other day that um, apparently – 
Big Sam is thinking about bringing Andy Carroll to West Brom. I don't know yeah. how true that's going to be, but I mean, it's yeah. just it's amazing how 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 much he believes in those players. I mean, the amount of players that we got from Bolton during that promotion season, or or like or some of his former Bolton players, like Matty Taylor, Kev Nolan, Joey O'Brien, yeah. like. Honestly, like it's, but you know, it works because he, 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 you know, he, cult, he cultivates a very, you know, kind of strong dressing room, and um, and yeah, I think uh, I think he'll do all right. But um, yeah, but in terms of in terms of West Ham, I think I think he was disrespected by the fans without a doubt, at least from what I've what I've spoken to people about. Yeah, no, I uh, makes sense. I understand that. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think he does. I think it was one of those things where I think he was um, he wasn't the, you know, he wasn't a West Ham manager. But to be honest, he got us promoted. And we were in a right shit when he took over. You know, we'd just been relegated. Um, and he he managed to galvanize a team. He brought in the right players to do the job. And there was a and there was a, a plan. He had a plan and it worked. And um it might not be the most glamorous plan. But then again, you know, not being funny, he went and got bloody, you know, people like Ricardo Vaste and people like that, you know. You know, when it's a bolt and he had JJ Kotcher and stuff like that, it's not like he didn't they weren't all like workman like players you know they were proper like um they were just you know they were they were good players you know what i mean so um anyway let's talk less of it. it's not a, a big sam podcast today <laughs> anyway so um charles why are you a West Ham fan why are you a West Ham fan man um well my dad uh has always been a very uh sort of ardent support support of west ham he's you know supported west ham for over 50 years now mm um and you know he's he definitely was a, a big part in my upbringing kind of of my west ham sort of odyssey if you will um you know but uh it's funny because when i was a little kid i was i had a really big like i was had a really big love for man united um and you know they were obviously great back then then you know lots of beckham ronaldo gigsy skulls all them lot um so and and you know so i enjoyed watching them and and kind of you know keeping tabs with them but um but whenever my dad had West Ham on the TV I just couldn't help but be sort of drawn into it um you know I, I remember sort of when West Ham were in the championship in sort of 2003 you know watching the games on TV with with dad and just being like oh go on West Ham go on yeah. and um so you know there was always that kind of there's always that kind of link uh between you know the family and West Ham in that sense and um and yeah, and then I eventually went to my first game of football at Upton Park. Um, it was against Derby County in the Championship, and it was a like the the deadest, bore, most boring nil-nil draw ever. But it, you know, I just love being there, and I just yeah. loved it, and uh, I loved the the culture, and I just love how you know how much the fans were with the team, and and yeah, I think from that day, I was I was like I was like yeah, I've got to be a West Ham fan, and uh, but yeah, and then you know. Sh- uh, I mean, going to, uh, I went very soon after that to the uh, playoffs against Preston, and obviously that was an amazing game. And and so eventually, I was just like, well, I'm, I'm a West Ham fan, you know, it's, it's yeah. in my blood. Like, it's got to be, it's got to be done. I've got to be the West Ham fan that <laughs> my dad wants me to be. Um, and it's funny because my my brother, um, he's like he's 19 now, but um, he uh, he was a Chelsea fan growing up, and and we've managed to kind of. Uh, switching to the dark side as well so you know i think we're doing a good job of uh of recruiting a lot of west Ham yeah. fans in our I mean, poor bugger poor bugger you know he could have easily uh <laughs> you know, champions league victory or whatever and, and and premier leagues but no no he's got 
he's got uh, championship playoffs and stuff like that to contend with. And, uh, Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, that Derby game, that was probably, was that 2004, 2005, something like that? Something it? like that, yeah, yeah. I that game, I believe, that was the one that they shot Green Street at. No. Yeah, crazy. I'm sure Elijah Wood That'd was in that weird. game. So, like, and I'm pretty sure it was Derby. It was that season, definitely, because... And they, because Elijah and that, what they, because obviously where I was, I could, because we, we knew they were there. And, and it was down by Bobby Moore lower. And there was like a group of them. And I think it was a nil nil. And I think, you know, it was like recorded as like a two nil victory um, in, <laughs> in Green Street because they kept going up and celebrating all these goals. But it was, it, I'm pretty sure it was Derby. So that is, if it's true, then, you know, I, might have, I don't think I made that up. Um, then that's an accolade. Well, part of history, part of part moving of history. history. I love that. Green Street, the film, yeah. <laughs> I think that came out in like 2004, about 2005 as well. So that would have been, yeah, it must have been that game. Um, how weird. Anyway. Um, that's weird. And that's the, thing, that's the thing with West Ham. And, you know, once you're in, you're in, isn't it, really? And so as you said, once you're that first game, you know, all the atmosphere and stuff like that, you were then part of it. You know, the, there was no turning around and going back home and, and becoming a Chelsea supporter, really, was there? No, no, not at all. I mean, you know, even when I was watching Man U and, uh, you know, when I was little, I was just like, oh, it's just so boring. Like, at least with West Ham, there's drama. It's so boring, you know, winning there's all excitement. the time. Yeah. It, it, well, yeah, it must be. But, um, but you know, nowadays, all they do is complain about losing. So, yeah. I mean, but, you know, West Ham, there's there's no doubt that West Ham just just had something special about them. I think I think fans around the world kind of, or fans of every club know about the kind of culture that West Ham has, and it, definitely, you know, I feel like um, I feel like I've chosen the best option despite uh, all the accolades that I could have missed missed out on uh, celebrating. So, uh, you know, hopefully one day we'll get there ourselves. But uh, well, you think that <laughs> we always say that, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things as well. If you know, I think it's character building being a West Ham fan, you know, particularly for a young kid. Um, in that, you know. My daughter, she's eight, and she goes, oh, you know, when I come in and they haven't won, they never win much, do they, Daddy? And I go, no, they don't. But when they do, when they do, I, you know, it means so much more. Or if they get, like, as you said, like the Tottenham game, you know, a hard-fought three-all draw, um, it means so much more. And and I think that's that's the really, really important thing about being a West Ham fan. And that's why we're so unusual as, as a bunch of fans, because we have these sort of crazy, dedicated, you know, nucleus of fans and we've won bugger all do you know what i mean it's like at least you're like a liverpool fan or you know you, you had the good good days you had the shit days now you're back to the good days man united same chelsea tottenham arsenal you go through the list and they've all had sort of some sort of success uh everton you know had success and then it comes to west ham and we're like the next one down it's like, oh, we, we won since 1980 but yeah sorry the interstate yeah. cup in we won the playoff finals in 2012 so i guess that 2000, yeah, 2005 <laughs> the final final of the 2006 fa cup final apart oh, from that funny. and the interstate cup in 1999 um <laughs> we've won so it's just a it's a strange thing isn't it we, it's this small little club in in a weird little club in east london has this sort of diehard like fan base across the world and you know doing obviously the west ham way stuff you know the people that come on and and and, and listen and, and and participate from all over the world um and I, I was a little bit naive to that i think before i started doing the mm. channel um but it is we had this crazily passionate foreign base of fans it's just a global fan base it's just it's weird when you think about it because they could have picked anything it is. you said it is isn't it and i think like you know 
uh, I mean, for sure, especially when we get sort of like, you know, these dazzling for- foreign players come over and like, you know, yeah. play amazing, like, you know, De Canio and Tevez and, you know, they, they kind of bring along their fans as well and they become part of the culture as well. And and it is, and it's great to see West Ham as, you know, as, as one of those teams where you can go to almost any country and, and, and you know, people there will support them, you know, despite their sort of, despite how yeah. sort of <laughs> non-successful they are. But, you know, and I think that is, I, I, I do, I do love it when sort of um, people around the world are, are chiming in because it, it just proves, just like you say, that, you know, West Ham has had an impact around the globe. And um, I think it was when we went on the, um, I think we had the Asia tour a year or two ago. Yeah. Um, and it's just amazing. It's like seeing so many fans of West Ham there. And, uh, you know, it, it, it feels good that we're appreciated, uh, even if we're, if we're not uh, highly regarded. So, you know. It's one of those things as well. It's like, you know, with, uh, with like, you know, like as you said, like you know, the Argentinian fans came in, or when when Misa and Chicharito and lots of Mexican fans, Hispanic fans came, and we, we had like a Hispanic version of the website. And now, obviously, with Barama, all the Algeria, we have a, lot, a new mm. influx of Algerian fans and stuff like that. You're right; it sort of opens up to a new audience, isn't it? It's true, you know. It's like you know, with Tottenham and Song and the whole sort of Korean audience and stuff, and how massive that is. It just has a new sort of a new flavour to the to the fan base, isn't it? Really. And and obviously you you see it's for the West Ham way stuff because you know different types of people are communicating in, in the chat and stuff and stuff and I just find it it fascinating I just find the whole thing fascinating how yeah someone could be so passionate. Um, well, and, I mean, it's like what you said about Green Street as well. Like you know that yeah, introduced yeah. the whole like you know a massive nation of you know America to to West Ham fans. I mean, the yeah. amount of Americans that I that that you know i hear from saying like oh yeah i fell in love with west ham because of green street I mean, it makes me laugh because obviously you know green yeah, street really the movie. yeah but it's it's great as well because you know they get a sense of of kind of what we're you know what the kind of culture of the club's about i mean obviously we don't go out fighting every every weekend or anything like that but i mean you know there is passion there is passion there i think people like to see that and uh yeah. and you know so i think uh, Especially during the the um, the derbies as well, um, you know that Tottenham game, like you say. I mean, it's just it's crazy what a, th- a three all draw against Tottenham, the emotions that it can it can sort of bring out in you. So uh, yeah, it's just it's it, it is great to be a West Ham fan, and you know we all we all seem to get a bit negative to- at times. I mean, I certainly do, but you know I I, I wouldn't choose any other club. It's just it's nah. it's a great great community, and and and. Uh, and yeah, I'm a hammer till I die for sure. Yeah, exactly. And it keeps us entertained. And I mean, uh, there's a reason why there's so many West Ham YouTube channels because there's so much to talk about. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's like I feel sorry for like a Southampton fan. You know, what do they talk about? You know, they got a man apart from the fact that their managers had to self isolate and was interviewed on a toilet. It seemed yesterday. Um, <laughs> apart from that, apart from that, do you know what I mean? It's like there's, there's always something to talk about West Ham. There's always, and you're right. It's like because we've been hardened by having not one bugger all for forty years um we 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 can't enjoy the the highs as much as we can because we know the low is going to happen we know that speed bump in the road that three new loss to burnley mm. whatever, is around the corner we know it is but so it's like you know it's like that lanzini goal you know as soon as that lanzini goal it's like yes wow it's amazing three nil in like you know is it 12 minutes uh, incredible incredible and then we're actually in the same breath on twitter someone's gone 
oh, we shouldn't have been three 0 down after fifteen minutes. You know, <laughs> just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Come on, all this crap at the moment. So you might as well enjoy your highs when you can, because you know, if anything's proven, like over the last sort of you know ten months or whatever, that you know you can't. You know, you just got to live for the moment, and uh, and I think that's what we need to do more of as as West Ham fans. Is when we play well, we play well. You know, well done. You know, it's it's all. And I think there has been less negativity. I think across all social media, there's always been a lot of negativity, but there has definitely been less. I think this season. I think because um, just from my sort of perspective, considering particularly against last season, for example, um, and yeah, just just enjoy it while I can. You know, it doesn't yeah, exactly. You I mean, know. like you say, I mean, social media, I mean, the trouble is with Twitter. I mean, it is, for me, it's so addictive mm. because, like, it's just like, it's like these little sort of nuggets of information that you receive. And, uh, and you know, a lot of the time, as a West Ham fan, you obviously see a lot of negativity. Um, I, I mean, across the, the platform as well. But, I mean, for the majority, like you say, I think recently has been a little bit of a respite where we've kind of just had a bit of a, a breather i mean obviously there's there's a lot going on behind the scenes that people are furious about but like in terms of actual on the pitch matters it's 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 refreshing for people to not be on on the back of the players for instance mm-hmm. i mean you know i mean just look at last night with craig dawson i mean everyone yeah, was just exactly. writing him off and like it, i was for sure i mean i was taking yeah. the mick out of him every opportunity i could but you know he's gone out there he's done a job and you know fair dues to him credit to him because you know to have all that sort of kind of negativity piled on on him I, you know i don't know whether he pays attention to, to it be, or not yeah. but he's obviously done a, a you know a really solid job and to get a clean sheet against a really top team so you know fair dues to him and and it's yeah. nice to see that people are respecting that yeah. and, and saying well done take my hand yeah, to you. exactly i mean he and everyone's like yeah i'll eat humble pie um you know <laughs> but you know he was yesterday he was bloody he was solid a really solid player he played really well he was barking at defense around as well which is great to hear um i mean he's you know he's he's, he's been around the blocks you know what i mean and so um i mean wasn't it he's never had someone said he's never on his on his like stats he's never made a mistake which led to a goal ever in his career or something um, ridiculous nearly like. in the first 10 minutes of yesterday yeah, he, but yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> he exactly. knew that was offside he knew that, it was offside that's such a West Ham <laughs> thing, isn't it? it's like you know southampton i don't think have won their last game of the of the of the calendar year since 2010 or something like that it's like enter west ham you know and so it could be like yeah craig Dawson has never made a mistake which led to a goal <laughs> 10 minutes into his west ham career and then he always, then he always kicks off Che Adams' head. I mean, if he'd oh, scored, if he'd scored, that would have been, could you imagine, like, everyone would have been legendary. fair play, fair play to him. Legendary. I mean, uh, I saw, saw on Twitter people were putting bets on him to score and they nearly came yeah. up, came up uh, with a lot of money. But, uh, but no, I mean, like, honestly, he, I'm, I'm very, very happy that he did well. And, and, and I think, you know, I, I, like you say, I'm definitely eating humble pie this morning after after his performance. I mean, you know, it's it definitely wasn't you know kind of a prime you know PK or Puyo or anything like that, but it was a it was a really solid performance and, yeah. uh, and a clean sheet. So someone even said, someone even said, I can't remember where it was. Might be one of the YouTube channels. Somebody said it was almost Ginger Pele esque in his performance. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like literally, last line. There is something there is about Craig. There is something a bit 
veteran about him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's just, you know, he's not, he's not like a dynamic, you know, centre back, like you know, like a, as you said, like a, I don't know, like a, a Van Dyke or, or someone like that who can play. You know, he's he's a blocker. He's a blocker. Mm. And um, yeah, I thought he did all right. I thought he did all right yesterday. He said against someone like Danny Ings and and Jay Adams and then Shane Long when he came oh, on. Oh, God. You know, when he came on, I was like, <laughs> that's, that's a West Ham killer right there. That's a bogey <laughs> like West Ham Glenn player. Murray, isn't he? Shane Long. Honestly. He's played. I'd love to have played, love him to have played for us for a couple of seasons a bit earlier in his career. But uh, yes, no, uh, when he came on, I thought, oh, here we go. He go. seems like someone who would inevitably have joined West Ham, you know, even for a small period of time. You yeah. would have thought that he would have joined West Ham at one point, but uh, but no, he, he ended up uh, scoring a bunch of goals against us instead. So fair exactly, yeah. Well, there's a whole list of them, isn't there? It's like you know, oh. Romelu Lukaku, oh. uh, obviously Glenn Murray, um, Callum Wilson. There's about four or five of them. Every time you come on, you go, oh, here we go. And Shane Long's one of them <laughs> as well. Um, but yeah. It's easy yeah. money, isn't it? It's honestly easy money when you see their t- names on the team sheet. You're just no, like, oh, you're going to bang one yeah. against them. You almost did. Anyway, um, let, let's talk about your, your 11, because I'm sure Craig Dawson has made a late run into it. Um, <laughs> see, even now, even now, he's taking the piss out of him. But, I mean, he did uh, – I don't mean to. He was absolutely – I was I was so – I thought he was really good. I'm just having a giggle. Um, so, everyone we have on the channel, we get them to do their 11. Um, you can do whatever criteria you want. Um, the only rule is you have to be alive to have seen them play. That's the only rule. Simple, simple as well. Um, so I believe you may have a little bit of a theme today, Charles. I have a little bit of a theme. Uh, obviously, end of the year, we want to get this year over and done with. But generally, we've had a very interesting decade as a West Ham fan. So I thought I would go for my West Ham uh, best 11 of the last decade. So that will be my theme for this week. I like that. That's good. And I forget, yeah, it is the last decade, isn't it? All, all that's gone in, in the world. And it's like, you know, we're, we're coming to the end of the twenty. 20- just know we're going into the 2020 you know what i mean um yeah it's really <laughs> it. um, right okay let's let's start in goal then who we got in goal well in goal i've got fabianski um i think in terms of what he's provided us over the last couple of years has been amazing he's just provided us with yeah. great bit of solidarity uh, in goal, I mean that first season he played with us I, I mean every time the opposition entered the box i was i was I've never felt so relaxed. He honestly is just yeah. such a solid keeper. And, uh, and you know, I've, I've thought about people like, you know, Adrian and sort of Jasker Lyon and people like that. But, I mean, overall, I just think the quality that he has and, you know, and what what and the sort of stability that he's brought to the team. I mean, you know, we saw with uh, we saw what happened when uh, someone like Roberto gets into the team yeah. and how many goals we can ship then. Um, you know, and, and Fab just provides us with that kind of that stability that we need and you know because our defense has been really good of recent especially but whenever there's a slip up you can always rely on fab to you know pull out a, a great save or something like that so yeah i mean yeah i've got to give him the goalkeeper role because i think he's been he's been phenomenal and and certainly the best kind of i think probably the most talented goalkeeper i've seen obviously rob green is is up there as a, as a really good goalkeeper as well but i think fabianski nicks uh, goalkeeper of the decade for me. Yeah, and also I think you know when you look at you know when he was at Swansea, he was always you know pretty much player of the season at Swansea, and from a you know from a, a you know a goalkeeper to be player of the season, um, it shows obviously the detriment of the team. But it's still you know despite all that, he's still you know revered by the fans and stuff. And I I, I just think he's I I know exactly what you mean. He was in my eleven um of my sort of best eleven because I just think 
you know, as as a goalkeeper, he's it's all about confidence, and you have confidence in him when he's when he's playing. But he's not playing up shit, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, it was like Randolph, bless him, or someone else. You go, oh, they're not as good as. It's just he's, he's unflappable. Do you know what I mean? He's just like he's one of those guys who he and also what I like about him, unlike someone like Adrian who would always palm the shot away. He nine if he can catch it, he'll catch it. And that's something that's that sounds silly, but actually, for a lot of goalkeepers, they flap, don't they? They flap it over and or you know put it. They, he catches it. And he's always very, very secure. And I like the way he distributes it and stuff. And, you know, obviously, again, it's a shame that, you know, he got him you know, relatively towards the end of his career. Um, he's probably got maybe a season maybe left, maybe, uh, maybe season off, um, which is a shame because he would have been our our version of Phil Parks or Ludo or, you know, he would have been oh, in goal for yeah. seven, eight, nine years um, as, as our first team choice because he's that good. Um, absolutely solid. Right. Okay. Yeah. Fab's him. Fab, fab for fab. Right, who is next then, Charles? Right, so the formation I'm setting up with is a four-three-three. So four at the right. back. I know West Ham fans will, uh, will <laughs> shiver in horror when they hear that uh, as of recent. But um, uh, I'm going to start with left back. Yep. And uh, I'm going to go with Aaron Cresswell. I think Aaron Cresswell has pretty much been sort of the picture of our left back. Yeah. you know, kind of the the icon of our left back of the last decade. Yeah. Um, when he came in, I was God, I was so excited because you know he he'd been doing really well with Ipswich and yeah, and uh, and just you know just a really solid sort of youngster from the Championship and uh, yeah, and and almost immediately he was making an impact for us. You know, he had a bit of pace, he had a great whip on his cross, and uh, you know I think he was just a, a, an amazing player coming in and. And really, he has been a very solid player for us all the way through. I mean, I know a lot of people say that recently he's kind of gone off the ball a bit. I mean, in a sense, he's actually gone through a bit of a rejuvenation in his sort yeah. of new positioning. Yeah. But, um, but you know, I think I think it's clear to see he's lost sort of a foot or two of pace. But yeah. in terms of his overall ability, I think there's no doubt that he's definitely been just the mainstay in the West Ham team for the last five or six years or so. Um, you know, he seems like a great dressing room presence. Obviously, seems like he gets along with the lads very well in training and everything like that. Um, but you know, I mean, he's he's also scored some bangers. I mean, Leicester, that banger was amazing. He scored an amazing free kick against Stoke. Um, so you know, actually, a very kind of exciting player to watch when he's on the ball. And uh, and obviously, a lot of people kind of recently have gone off him, but I've I've always been a fan of Aaron Cresswell and. Uh, and yeah, and uh, and also he's got a very tidy haircut as well, so that's a nice little bonus. I always when I when he first came, I was like, God, I really want that haircut. You know, he looks really <laughs> neat and proper. But uh, but as you can see now, I'm left with this mop. So yeah, well, he's go. got a mop to leave. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. It's it's and I know what you mean about Chris, and I think he's. I mean, he's been around. It was he six, seven years, something like that. Um, a long time he's been here now in relatively football, modern football terms, but. Um, yeah, it seems a great dressing room guy. And, you know, he's, I think the last sort of 18 months, this, the, these crosses, you know, this delivery, you know, it's, it's so much more consistent than it always was. Um, partly, I think, I think, you know, obviously the position he's playing now, um, this of the back three suits him well. And as he, he has lost a yard of pace, but, you know, he's, he's got injured quite a bit as well, unfortunately, isn't he? And so, but I just think he's a, he's a solid player now. Uh, he always has been. He always gives his all. Um, and, yeah, it's a good shout. Yep, yeah, I agree. Right, okay, it's uh, you crack on, man. Who's next? 
All right, for my two centre-backs, uh, I'm going to go with uh, two relatively uh, big West Ham icons. I'm going to go with Ginger Pele and I'm going to go with Winston Reid. Um, I think, uh, you know, Ginge, I mean, we all love him. We all, <laughs> we all know how much we love him. Uh, uh, you know, obviously how things ended was heartbreaking for all of us because we just kind of feel like he deserved a lot more in terms of his mm. uh, his farewell. But, um, but nonetheless, I actually think his West Ham career isn't over yet I think he will come back in some form as a, as a coach hopefully one day or something like that um, I think he'd do a really bang up job of that um, but yeah I mean as a player he was just no nonsense just always got his head on the ball always you know first to win the header um, and you know he just he gave his all for the club as well I think alongside Noble um, he was you know one of the dressing room leaders and and someone who really fought for the shirt and and you know he wasn't the the fastest guy by any means but he just always seemed to put a tackle in against you know some of the top players in the league and and just his body of work is is really impressive and so he definitely makes the team and then also you've got Winston Reid who um you know obviously will always be remembered forever in West Ham history for scoring that goal against Man United and we all know where we were uh when that happened and uh and you know so that will always cement his legacy but I think most impressive from him is just the fact of how he dealt with so many of the issues that he had when he came to the club. You know, he was almost a, a write-off um, when we got relegated, you know, I think yeah. looking to ship him off and, you know, just kind of write him off. But, I mean, the championship was a blessing disguise for him. He came back better than ever, scored that banger against Millwall, another reason why we'll love him. Um, and, you know, to come back from sort of... from what I've heard is quite you know dark times and and become a mainstay and you know a, a big leader of that West Ham team throughout that decade to be fair I mean technically he's still at the club now but yeah. I mean um in terms of what he provided he was great great solid defender I mean uh you know actually quite nice on the ball and, and you know very tidy uh you know nothing too fancy but uh yeah and also scored a few great goals so I mean, just in terms of his body of work, he definitely deserves a place in the uh, in the all West Ham in the in the best West Ham team of the decade. I think. Yeah, no, you're totally right, and he's, he's technically still at the club, so who knows what's going to happen? But, um, <laughs> you never know. You never know with West Ham, do you? But um, no, I think yeah, I agree with both of them. As you said, I think I think I thought unfortunately now it's sort of, it's been indicative throughout football. It's not just you know recent years with with, with obviously Ginger. Um, and not getting that sort of testimony or whatever. I mean, but you look back at football and West Ham, you know, Billy Bonds finished on 799 uh, games. Steve Potts finished on 499. You know, it's not, you know, I think we, I think West Ham, I think fans have more of a sentimental feel than the actually the, 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 the actual football team itself not necessarily yeah, yeah. it's not West Ham it's not an indicative thing West Ham it's doing football in general but uh yeah I I agree I think there will be an, a role for Ginge somewhere at West Ham eventually as you said, he's got his he does a coaching school and stuff already doesn't he so mm. um well yeah. let's hope uh let's hope we see uh the trio of Noble Nolan and Collins one day god imagine that backroom oh. stuff could you imagine it's an absolute absolute and, and monster Jack Collison, well. and Jack Collison because I think Jack's, oh. Jack's got a job yeah. here as well um yeah. Right, okay, we'll put them two in. Uh, who's going to be right back then, Charles? Uh, right back is slightly controversial in terms of positioning, but I, I think people will agree with me largely that I've included him. I'm going to go with James Tompkins. 
Yeah. Uh, he's obviously, we all know him as a centre-back. We all know that he's played at centre-back. But I remember he actually did play quite a few games for us he's, at right-back yeah. as well. So, you know, um, I'm going to put James Tompkins in at right-back. Um, I think just to kind of realise the impact he had for our team over the last decade, even more, because, you know, he was coming up through the ranks and everything. Yeah. Um, you know, the fact that people still say today, God, we shouldn't have got rid of Tompkins. We shouldn't have got rid yeah, of Tompkins. Yeah, yeah. It just shows you how solid of a solid of a player he really was. And and to to this day, I'm still a bit baffled by that decision. I was just like, you know, why do we get rid of him? Yeah. It, it, it wasn't a big money deal. It wasn't anything. So you know, who knows why we got rid of him? But um, but yeah, I mean, just always always a solid player. Always play for the badge. I mean. You know, there wasn't anything flashy about him, nothing that sort of you know stood out, but he was just always always a solid player and um you know, always kind of um came up with uh, a few headed goals and uh the funny thing is the biggest memory I have of him is um I think it's the West Ham Everton game in the cup quite a few years ago. I think it might have been the one where Adrian um scored the winning penalty. But um, him and Noble had like a massive bust up on the field, and I don't even think that was the only time they had a bust up. Like I think they did it in training as well. But for some reason, those two would just always like go at each other and just. But they they always play it down. They always put it down to the fact that they're just mates, and that's just how they like interact with each other. So yeah. I don't know what's going on there, but um, but yeah, I mean, you know, he was he was a he was a, he was a really solid player for us, and uh, and you know, right back. It sort of has been, I mean, maybe not our strongest position of recent years. I mean, obviously with Sufal, we've been um, really lucky mm. in terms of, you know, what he's brought to the team already. But, you know, I mean, you know, you had him on recently, to be fair, Guy Demel, he's obviously, you know, been a yep. very solid choice for us. And uh, But, yeah, I think Tompkins deserves a place in the team. And so I'm going to fit him fit him in at right back. Yeah. And and, and we spoke about Big Sam, and I reckon in Jan, I think he's going to get Tompkins in. Um, oh, I reckon, he's gonna, yeah. I reckon he's going to go for him because I don't think he's getting much much game time at, uh, at Crystal Palace at the moment. So um, yeah. I think I think I think he's going to put a bit in for Tompkins. <laughs> I think that's, that's, that's his type of player, though, isn't it? He loves him. Oh, it's it's the versatility. You know, as you and hindsight's a great thing. As soon as we let Tompkins go, I swear, if I remember correctly, we had two or three times where we had uh, two or three injuries for centre backs where he would have probably started. Um, mm. Just typical West Ham, you know hindsight Honestly. things but uh, right okay that's your back go. four uh let's go into your three midfield who's your, who's your first one in midfield then charles my first one in midfield and probably the captain of this team is going to be kevin nolan um you know when we brought him in uh when big sam brought him in uh you know to come into the championship i was kind of i had mixed feelings i was sort of mm. like kev nolan isn't he that really old bloke because he, yeah. he just always seemed like just an just an old bloke he's like born an old bloke you know and so i was kind of like okay well fair enough you know i guess it might work um and it really did you know he was just always a massive attacking threat um a great leader on the pitch uh you know i think uh like i said earlier you know listening to the guy demel interview i think he was saying just how much of a great leader he was yeah for all yeah, those yeah. boys on the pitch and you need someone like that to to get you out of such a tough league like um like the championship so i think that tandem of um uh of him and big sam was was instrumental in kind of propelling us up into into promotion um but yeah just always always a a presence uh you know always getting goals uh, really loved the club. I think uh, it's it's interesting because, like, I think before that you were, you would always say, "Oh, he's definitely like a Bolton legend or something." Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. You know? But even uh, I think you know, even with what he did with West Ham, I think you could definitely consider him as a as a West Ham man 
as mm. well because um he's, he's obviously at the club now doing a good job as a as a coach at the club and uh and yeah i've just i've always i've always been a, a fan of kev nolan and uh and what he brought and uh and yeah, and uh, if he was still playing today, he'd probably still be on a three-game suspension for uh, for his Christmas break. But uh... exactly, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing about Kevin. He's like, you know, I swear he was, he wasn't. I didn't see him on the on the touchdown on the twenty seventh. I don't know if he was around, but I didn't see him there. But um, yeah, no. And you said he was such a, he was just such a great player i just thought he was he was so instrumental for that us us in that time do you know what i mean he was so instrumental and um i think it goes i think actually it goes uh, when you look back in uh, sort of periods him him coming in was instrumental to that to stability of the club at that time you know he came in with sam and we had a bit of a a joke about it you know oh here we go but he was brilliant for us and he was a great captain and as you said like geese said it we've had loads of people we've interviewed around that time who said what a great captain kev was he was the man who was just the guy who was in between sam and the players and he was the one that communicated and that's why sam obviously got him in because he did that job well and uh yeah he's doing a great job now it seems uh yeah, imparting some of his his old school tactics, it seems, you know, particularly corners. We'll certainly right? see. Oh God, we're seeing those free kicks come back. God, I want to get rid of them as soon as possible. Yeah, God, honestly, those give me anxiety. But, um, but yeah, like you said, I think he's just just a great leader in that dressing room. And obviously, when when Carroll came in, um, you know, he was pretty instrumental in bringing him in, and and that was a yeah. massive transfer for us at the time. And uh, and and I think you know him and. Uh, you know, I think he looked after Carroll when he was at Newcastle and he sort of had a few kind of teasing problems. So the fact that, you know, he was he was so instrumental that he could bring players of that quality and and settle them in really quickly. I think he was just uh he was just a really, really solid captain for us and uh and yeah, he definitely gets a place in my uh decade team. Definitely, definitely a good shout. Right, okay, Kev's in. Who is next then, Charles? Uh, right, well, I'm going to put a youngster in. I'm going to put Declan Rice in the centre of midfield as well. I'm going for three centre midfielders, and I think Rice deserves a place. Um, you know, obviously, I, I think the best is yet to come from Declan Rice still. Yeah. I think we all expect that. I think what he's going to do, I mean, <laughs> the future, his future at the club, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen in the future in terms of whether he'll stay or not. Um, we know that he, I think certainly he's got a massive future in the England team, and uh, I think Noble said the other day is potential captain of the England team. I mean, what oh, an yeah. amazing achievement that would be. But I mean, the maturity this guy has is just unreal. I mean, you know, he's a year younger than me, and he's already accomplished so much. He's already, you know, just such a top bloke. You can see in the interviews just you know how happy and excited he is to be on the pitch playing Premier League football it's like it's almost as if you know he was brought up from the academy like yesterday every game he plays you know it's like you know he really wants to be out there running around and playing with all these top players and and really he he doesn't look out of place whatsoever I mean he's just he's just a, a an amazing amazing talent um you know even in his sort of first year or so when he had a few teasing problems he just still looked like a really solid player and 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 now you rarely even see him make a mistake. He's just that good, and uh, and really, it's it, it. He's becoming a bit of a luxury item for us these days, and and I'm I'm really hoping that we can keep hold of him. But obviously, time will tell whether that happens. But um, but yeah, he he cares about the club. Um, I think he'd be a great replacement for Noble as captain. I think we, yeah, I mean, he's basically good. captain already. Yeah. Um. So you know, I just I think the sky's the limit for him. It really is, and um and 
you know, I, like I said, I mean, I'll be heartbroken if he does end up leaving. But for now, I'm very happy that he's with us. And uh, and all I'm seeing is a future with Declan Rice. So um, exactly. And for that reason, and and hopefully, if he sees this video, he'll he'll want to stay even more. So uh, he's in my he's in my deck. Uh, I think we've I think with Deck, uh, uh, it's it's incredible, isn't it? When you think about someone. When, when obviously, you know, when Mark's not in the team, and I've said this before on the channel a few times, when Mark's not in the team, oh, wait, Dex can be captain. Yeah, there's no second thought. You know, and the guy's the guy's young. You know, he's young. He's a young lad. You know, considering <laughs> some of the players he's he's up against. You know, Corinthians captain. Uh, I think I think Fabianski's co uh, captain the Polish side. Uh, you know, there's there's some big names on there, and no, no, it's gonna be Deck. Gonna be Deck. And you know the lads played over a hundred games for us already, um, and he's just yeah I agree I think the best is yet to come with Deck, and the thing is you're seeing definitely this this year more attacking, more going forward, more of a box to box um, midfielder than necessarily a, a sort of a, a holding role really. You can see it's a lot more. He wants to drive on a lot more, and him and Suja they do it's nice. You know I'm sure they it's almost. They have it sorted, but you know, one goes forward, one comes back, and you can see yeah. without you know, it just works. Um, unfortunately, when 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 Mark's in, it 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 buggers it up a little bit. I think they've already got this fluidity moving with them two already. So, um, no, I think it's brilliant. I think Dex amazing player, and I, I, mean, I, I I'm go on, go on. Go on. Well, I was just going to say, like, you know, it, it still seems like there's so much potential there that he yeah. hasn't unlocked, you know what I mean? And like you said, the fact that he's he's gone from this kind of, he's gone from, well, basically a centre-back to holding midfielder, and now he's pushing up even further. So you're just like, God, this guy can do anything. Yeah, exactly. And and what I like about him as well is he... I watch him walk around the pitch and he walks around. He's not, he doesn't, he doesn't, if you watch him walk, he walks like, like a teenager. He, like, <laughs> he, does. around, like, he doesn't look like a professional football player when he walks around the pitch. He, he like, and then he gets the ball and he's like, you know, it's so funny. I, I watched it yesterday. I was like, look at him. He's like, oh God. You know, like, when he like, concedes as well, you just see, see him go, yeah. Like, you know, his mum's told him off or something yeah, exactly. for, for playing the music too loud. It's great. And it's, it's, it, it. and it's quite what you said in terms of that sort of, um, that sort of uh, enjoyment. And, and, and when he comes across... Oh, an childlike wonder, isn't it? Yeah, he's like, oh, God, you know, he, he really feels it. Like, we would feel it if we were playing, like, Sunday League football. Um, and it's the most important thing to us in the world. He's exactly the same with a Premier League match. Oh, yeah, he's, oh, it's two points lost. And and, it, and there's no, like, airs and graces about him. That's what I really like about Dick. He's like, he doesn't toe the line in terms of, uh, you know, a lot of seasoned professionals will come out and, doesn't matter who, what, what team they've played, how many goals they've scored, how many sco goals they've let in. The interview is exactly the same, almost word for word. They've been media trained oh, to say the same. Yeah. Oh well, it's a game of two. He, he, he every, everyone is, is great. You know, he, the way he always wipes his nose and his shirt all the time. He <laughs> interview yeah, little things. You, you'll see he it. Don't now. care, he does he? He don't care. He, he loves it. Wipe his nose all the time in his shirt when he's being interviewed, and he walks around oh, like a subway. The few words come out of his mouth in the interview as well is like I'm buzzing. Whenever it's yeah. a win, it's like I'm buzzing. And it's like yeah great it's great you love it it is it is it makes you feel like he cares and he does care and i and I, as i said as long as he's here for another couple of years i think he'll um you know although we was people were literally walking him out the door over the summer weren't they he's like you know when deck when deck leaves when deck leaves when deck leaves like well, he hasn't left yet typical west ham fans you know always waiting for the the roadblock to the speed bump to turn up but uh right okay we'll put no we'll put right yeah exactly it will happen eventually we know it will 
It'll be a sad day. When <laughs> uh, right, Nolan Rice. Who's the third one then, Charles? Uh, well, I really wanted to put Scott Parker in my team, but I just think because he came sort of at the end of that 2010, I'm not going to put him in. I mean, we know how great he is, and loads of people have probably put him in in their teams as as well. So, I'm going to go with Cheku Kiate. I'm going to go mm-hmm. with Kiate. Um, it's an interesting choice, but if you think about what he sort of brought to the team, especially in that run in 2015-16, um, he was just he was actually a, just such a powerful player in the centre yeah. of midfield and someone who sort of had a bit of pace, always went on like a really big run, big daunting run, something like that. Um, always put tackles in, always win headers. And, and he was just such a great option in midfield. And <clears throat> I've always criticised the way he runs because it's like mechanically, it just doesn't look right. Yeah. It just doesn't look right the way he moves and everything like that. But for some reason, you know, he was just a, a really kind of instrumental player during his early days. And and obviously sort of that last season, he, he wasn't as good. But uh, just in terms of the, the memories I have of us playing good football, I see him come up a lot. Mm. Um, you know, and uh, just just a really solid player, and he's sort of playing as a centre back now at Crystal Palace, and yeah. probably probably suits him a bit more in terms yeah. of you know I think he, his he build. Played, I think he played there when he was in Anderlecht. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I think he yeah. he he played a couple of games for us at centre back. I think. Yeah, as I think well. he did. Um, definitely, I remember seeing him in London Stadium when they play like a back three. Or I'm pretty sure he played, but yeah, I know what you mean. And also, he's a lovely bloke as well. He's a lovely oh, bloke. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can, you can like him. He was lovely. Exactly. I, I had the pleasure of watching um, of of watching a game with him and him and Diafra Sacco um, randomly in in a. We were playing. It was one of the European qualifiers. We were playing FC Berkakara. Um, oh yeah, and I was having to do the announcing because because our announcer was on holiday, but that's how much they cared about the game, and so I was doing that, <laughs> and, and and no one had Give helped a bit of credit exactly. No one had helped um, me with any of the pronouncements because no one knew any of the, any of the players' names, um, and and Czech and uh, Diafra were not in the squad; they were sitting like in their civvies next to me. And we were just having a lovely time, a lovely, having a lovely chat, <laughs> and lovely, lovely blokes. And they all were. I mean, at that time, you had those, you had like Sacco, you had, you had Czech, um, you had Alex Song, and you know, and, and how they would interact with the fans was was more than any other play bunch of players I've seen. They were fantastic. Those sort of player signings when they do the uh, or when they did the um, open training sessions, they would be there. To the to the end, the last ones are they'll be the first ones autographing, the last ones autographing. That they loved the fans, they loved the fans. I think I think maybe because we're a bit more of their of their upbringing, where they came from, they were maybe more appreciative potentially than than say guys who are, who are based mainly in Europe. You know, they obviously came from Africa and 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 and, and they have this sort of. It, honestly, it was it was incredible to watch them. They were just so lovely, and I always get that um, that cliff always comes up of of check at the um, at the players awards when he started singing pirate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he's just pretty, seems such a, like a lovely bloke. I think he was a real sort of character in the dressing room as well. But uh, oh, lovely, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I mean those uh, I mean those sort of core of African players that came in just so, they did such a great job for us <clears throat> and got such you know great talent and. You know, I think there's, I think, you know, we, we see it, we always have like, you know, I mean, 
Ben Rahman Al sort of coming over from Algeria. I mean, he's just such a talented player. I think there's so yeah. many great technical players over there. Um, and yeah, and, and obviously we had quite a few come over um, during that sort of period. And and they they all just had a sort of a great effect. They you know, looked like they got on with everyone and and just had great footballing ability. So, I mean, you know, Piate for that reason, gets in my team. I know sort of that last season wasn't as good, but, you know, he always came up with a goal. He was always sort of a... He was, he was almost like, <clears throat> in a sort of way, I kind of compare him to Suchek a little bit in terms of yeah, like, yeah. he kind of had a bit of, he, he kind of had a bit of attacking drive and would sort of always find himself in a, in a scoring position sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I just, I just, I just thought he was a really, really solid player throughout that period that he was here. And, uh, and I'll, I'll always have love for, for Czech. Definitely. Definitely. No, I totally agree. Um, right. Okay. Let's go into your front three then. Who are we going to have first? Right, front three. So I'm going to have sort of two attacking wingers and then a, a central forward as well. So I'm going to start with Mikel Antonio on the yeah. right wing. Mikel Antonio, I mean, God, we're talking about lovable, likeable players. I mean, he he's he's about yeah. as lovable as they come, isn't he, really? Um, you know, uh, built built like the <laughs> like, built like a brick wall. Like, I don't know whether you saw him yesterday getting ready, but he's like, you know, he's just all like getting ready. He's just like got this massive muscle. He's just like, oh my God, it's ridiculous. He got that water bottle out, didn't he? His hot water bottle under his legs. Yeah. <laughs> that big compared to his legs, you know. Yeah, well, like... the funny thing was, is that uh, I don't know whether you saw it, but West Ham released um, that sort of goggle box video the other day. He was just sat there munching popcorn and everything like that. And I was like, well, hold on. He's, 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 like an absolute beast like how the hell, how the hell is he staying like that? he's much popcorn and then the other day they cut to him in the um in the club in like the clubhouse with like stratford uh stratford food or something like that i was like oh my god um but yeah you have to get the calories you know yeah, like, yeah, that's my excuse yeah um, well well yeah i mean I'll, I'll i'll take up his diet if he if he sends it to me but um but yeah he's just i mean look he's he's a he's a beast he's got pace he's got strength got power I mean, yeah. I was so excited when we got him from from Nottingham Forest because I always heard that he was popping up and and scoring goals and and just and and you know just being such a big force in that team. So when he came to us, he he you know kind of spent a bit of time on the bench, and then as soon as he broke out, he was just non-stop. I mean, that goal against Tottenham was obviously a big one. We all remember his crazy celebration against Sunderland, and for that matter, any goal, any game that he scores against, and. Uh, and that Tottenham game away uh, during their first uh, season at, at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, obviously cemented in history. He always loved scoring at um, scoring for uh, for the record books and everything like that. But but yeah, I mean, he's just such a such a great player, and and obviously we've been missing him recently um, due to injury. He's always had a bit of a dodgy hamstring, but. I think that's just because of the sheer power that those legs like have to carry. You know what I mean? I think there's so much tension that 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 gets you know put on those legs, and uh, so that's why he probably gets injured all the time. But but yeah, just uh, just an amazing player, amazing guy, and uh, and yeah, I think he definitely deserves a place in the team. Yeah, and I think with Mikel, he's just this. You know, I think because he's come through the lower leagues, he has this sort of real. Again, you can't question his his effort. Um, and to be fair, maybe within the last, obviously, he's always been, you know, a threat. And obviously, since, you know, obviously restart last year, he became this sort of goal machine, um, which is a part of his game, which he never really, I mean, you always get a goal, you know, it wouldn't necessarily be the, you know, the main striker. And obviously, Moyes has, has sort of, you know, 
converted into into more of a you know a, a focal striker. Um, but I just think he's he, he always gives a hundred percent. You know, personally, I prefer him on the right where you put him because uh, I think he 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 get, gives a lot more because. Yeah. In terms of who he's going to be up against, he's going to be up against arguably a smaller defender than a centre back. Um, and obviously, you know, when when he obviously played against Villa and he didn't look fit, and he was up against people like like Mings, who's like you know he could probably match him for strength uh, and probably from pace as well. So you know, the, the fullbacks tend to be easier to get through. So I, I mean, I I think he's great and. He, he just gives us something different and, you know, a different dimension. And why he hasn't been, you know, in the around the England squad, just, just for a plan B, do you know what I mean? Mm. He's not Harry Kane. He's not a, a, you know, he's he's a guy you can throw on and just, like, terrorise the defence. You know, yeah, very similar to Traore at, at Wolves. Um, I mean, when he's on, he is he's seriously yeah. on. I mean, you know, like you were mentioning about that goal-scoring sort of streak, Um after lockdown and he was just he was just banging goals he was terrifying defenders and i was just thinking to myself oh my god imagine like all these teams around the world having to deal with this entirely different threat as you say to kane in terms of he just he just bullies the defenders and and just you know a, a real real powerful person and striker tab and uh and yeah uh and yeah i mean just all round you just gotta love him really you gotta love the way he plays football um you gotta love the way that he always every single game without failure has to have a shot going to row z um it's almost like he's finding his foot in and he's just got he's got to boot one into the crowd just before scoring that absolute screamer but um but yeah he doesn't know he's gonna do half the time so how can someone defend against someone who doesn't know what he's gonna do so um i just think he's great i just think he's great and, he's and great. power and pace and you know he's not he's not skilled not not the most skillful player in the world but he doesn't need to be because he can just bully past players and stuff exactly. and I like, yeah and like you say I, I i do prefer him on the right i mean i i love the fact that he's playing striker now and i think he certainly can do a really good job there but god i mean as a as a winger he would he would just be unstoppable in my opinion oh yeah particularly when he's when he's on his game right okay and so who's gonna who's gonna be the next one on the other side of the wing i mean pretty much the first name on the team sheet really dimitri Payet. Um, easily the best player I've seen as a West Ham fan live. Just un unreal talent, unreal technical ability, uh, unreal set pieces. Uh, just someone. I mean, it's the first time I've ever seen a West Ham player who just gave us like flair. And you know, I was too young to watch someone like De Canio play live. And, uh, and you know, I was obviously, yeah, I was really gutted that I didn't see him play live because he's one of the biggest legends the club's ever had. And for someone like Pyatt to come along, it's just like, it's it's kind of like a once-in-a-generation kind of player where you're just like completely in love with his talent and what he does on the pitch. And, you know, the fact that he was in Ballon d'Or consideration for that season just proves just how good he was. Um I mean, I, I mean, the best goal I remember seeing live was the Middlesbrough goal at the London Stadium, where he just yeah, ran good. the whole length of the pitch, yeah. beating about you know twenty. It seemed like twenty defenders, but it only ended up being about five or six. But he was just, I mean, that goal was just special to watch because you were just like, you were just hooked as soon as he had the ball. You were hooked, and he was just moving and moving and moving. And then as soon as he got to goal, you're like, well, he's finishing this, he's scoring this, and. Uh, and the amount of the memories he provided that season um, was just unbelievable. And uh, 
as you know, all good things uh, normally uh, come to quite an abrupt end, and obviously it did with him. Yeah. Um, and obviously we're all gutted about that, but I, I just think that what he contributed to us uh, will live on in, in West Ham history. And uh, and and you know he's a he's he's, he's he was just an, a phenomenal player. Everyone just adored him. Um, who knows? Another couple of years, he 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 really might have been uh, kind of like a just an ab- an outright West Ham legend. And uh, but yeah, I mean it was disappointing the way he left, but there's no doubt that he gets into any sort of 11 that's uh that's sort of a uh, the last decade for sure yeah no i agree totally totally agree totally agree with everything you said uh the the best player i've ever seen play technically at west ham without a shadow of a doubt um right okay so as to who's going to be the the striker who's going to go who's going to get these goals <laughs> well my last man in this team uh i had a toss-up between these two yeah. and I mean, God, we've had a lot of strikers this decade. Uh, some good, uh, quite a lot, not so good. Um, so I'm going to go. It was a toss up between this player and Arnautovic, but uh, I know how West Ham fans react when Arnautovic's uh, name gets mentioned. So I've actually gone with the other option and I've gone with Diafrasacco. Um, plus, him and Sheku link up quite nicely. So yeah, I, yeah. Think, uh, I think it's good to have him in the team. Diafra Sacco, I mean, as a finisher, he's potentially one of the best finishes we had in in the yeah. last sort of in the most sort of recent history of West Ham, you know. And I think he he was, I mean, there was obviously that kind of record that he had at West Ham or in the Premier League where he scored like something like seven consecutive games or something like that. And yeah. but he was just he was just lethal. He was like every time he played, I just expected him to get on the score sheet and. Um, and yeah, I just I, I just think he was probably one of our best finishes. And um and like I said, he came in um sort of uh you know with Kiate and people like that and and just uh, just made an instant impact. Uh, one of my favorite games is when him and uh uh Cheeky were celebrating after his goal against Man City when we beat them two one. Uh, I loved that game. Oh, was it three one? It might be three two, I don't know. I can't remember the result, but I remember Sacco scoring and uh and him and him and the Czech went over to the corner and like did one of their celebrations. I was just like, God, these two are quality players. <laughs> but yeah, Sacco was just um Sacco for me was just a, a really good striker. He you know wasn't necessarily the quickest player or anything like that, but he was just a, a really good sort of technical finisher. Um, you know, obviously his uh, most memorable goal will probably be that uh, goal uh, during our last game at the Berlin ground, but. Uh, you know, he scored a lot of important goals for us. And uh, and again, someone who probably kind of his time kind of abruptly came to an end with us. It was it was wasn't sort of like the, the greatest ending to his West Ham career, but all in all provided a really good body of work for us. And uh, and yeah, he gets a he gets a, a he gets my uh, leading role in this team. Brilliant. No, I love it. No, yeah, no, great shout. I think there's some nice, some good names in there, man. Um, no, yeah, Sacco is a good shout. I like, yeah, because again, he's like, he doesn't. I think because you put because you're putting sort of that sort of twenty you know sort of in the decade. I mean, he played a few games, quite a few games, and scored quite a few decent goals. He said, and probably yeah, he did. He always came out of a goal, didn't he? When he was off the bench, as well. He'd always, you know, he'd always yeah, when he came on as an option. You thought, oh, we still got something here. No, that's always a yeah. good sign of a player. Um, but there we go. See, you've uh, been an hour. You said you'd be an hour. Oh, an hour, you've gone over an hour. Over an hour. I tell you, it's easy, easily done, man. <laughs> 
particularly when we talk about Big Sam for 20 minutes. But um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, Charles, thank you so much for your time, man. It's been lovely chatting to you. It's been really, really Thanks fun. Thanks for having me. Um, and obviously, thank you to everyone for listening or watching. Uh, whatever you, wherever you've watched it or listened to it, give it a like, give it a share. And from myself and from Charles, take care, everyone. Stay safe. Wash those hands. Come on, you irons. And we'll see you again very, very soon. Take care, everyone. Much love. See ya. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.